Hi, everyone. You're listening to Who I Met Today, and I'm your host, Pam Lamp. I'm all about doing one tiny new thing every single day. And on this podcast, I invite you to come along with me and discover something new through conversations with people from all walks of life. I hope you enjoy listening to these interviews and exploring new territory with me. For more people stories and episodes, please visit my website, whoimettoday.com. Happy New Year, everyone. If you're like me, you've heard all the buzz about yoga and are determined to give it a try in 2024. Well, today's guest, Suzanne Coleman, a longtime yoga instructor and enthusiast, is just the person to convince us all to take up the practice. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Suzanne, I'm often asked how I find the people that I talk to, and I'd love to share the story of how we connected. Several years ago, I went off and on to some of your yoga classes at the Nashville Y. I always loved your classes and your teaching style. So when I started this podcast, I thought, I want to do a yoga episode, and Suzanne is the person I want to talk to. But I didn't know your last name. COVID happened, instructors came and went, my membership lapsed for a little while, and as many avenues as I tried, I could not track you down. So a few weeks ago, I walked into my regular Tuesday morning functional fitness class, headed over to my usual place by the window, and someone else was already in my spot. They had their mat set up and their weights all organized, and that someone was you. I couldn't believe it. So I'm glad I finally found you because I think you're the perfect person to talk with about yoga. It was a really funny moment, and it it was. It felt like it was meant to be. Meant to be. Let's jump right in. How long, Suzanne, have you been practicing yoga? Well, it's been a long and winding road for me. I've actually... Started in my early 20s, I stumbled on a book called Light on Yoga by BKF Iyengar. As it turns out, he's credited with popularizing yoga around the world in the mid-20th century, bringing yoga from India all around the world. When I was in my mid-20s, there were very few yoga teachers and not a single yoga studio in Nashville where I live. So I'm self-taught from that book. I learned the yoga poses and understood and learned that yoga is, it's a philosophy, it's a physical discipline. So started my deep dive then, it, you know, came and went. And then in my mid-30s, I got very serious and was able to find places to find a yoga community. And I was going up to North Carolina for a weekend yoga retreat, and I found a local teacher. Then I got certified to teach in my 50s, and now I'm 69, and yoga has been a huge part of my life, most of my life. How often do you practice? Daily daily. And for how long? Because I think that's one of the great things about yoga is that you can, I believe it's still helpful, you can do it for 15 minutes a day or an hour a day. So what would you say your practice is like? Well, it depends on the day. Sometimes it's maybe 10 minutes. I'll just do some stretching, some warm-ups, and get ready for my day. 
And then some days, especially during COVID, I would spend an hour and a half because I had the time. But most classes last about an hour, and I do enjoy going to classes because it's, it's fun to have the support of others and a, the community aspect of yoga practice. Now, I know that there are different types, and I couldn't even tell you what types I've done when I've attended inconsistently, I might add, yoga classes. But what are the types that you feel are the most popular and the types that you've taught over the years? Well, as far as types of yoga, there are lots of different types. So there's Ashtanga yoga, which is considered hot yoga and It was developed as a series of poses that are repeated over and over again, the same series of poses in the same order and in a room that's heated to 90 degrees or more. So that's one style of yoga and seems to be popular, especially with younger people finding yoga. Vinyasa is considered a flow so that the poses flow from one to the other. You don't hold the poses very long. And it's a you know a little more athletic and is very typical of what you would find in most yoga studios. Iyengar yoga, going back to Mr. Iyengar, who brought yoga to the world from India, is a specific kind of yoga that emphasizes alignment of the poses. So you'll get instruction about how to hold the pose, how to form the pose. You'll be in the pose for longer periods of time and you're working in the pose to get the alignment that is intended for that pose. And then one more style that I love also. And so Iyengar is probably my favorite because that's how I was trained. Restorative yoga is another style of yoga and it's a little gentler style of yoga that people who are a little older who don't want the vinyasa flow, they want to stretch and use straps and lay on the floor and they're, you know, with their mats. And so that's restorative yoga. And that's very, very beneficial for everyone. Well, let's talk about the benefits of yoga. I keep hearing how wonderful it is for us to do any time in our lives, but especially as we get older. So can you speak to the benefits for us? Well, the benefits of yoga are multi-pronged because a lot of people come to yoga first just for the physical benefit. Then as you dive deeper into your yoga practice, you understand that yoga is actually an art, a science, a philosophy. Yoga is the union of body, mind, and spirit. So... When you apply all those aspects to your yoga practice, you're going to see, first of all, physically an increase in flexibility. Your balance is better. Your strength, your resilience. Yoga is calming, but it's also energizing. If you walk into a yoga class and you're all agitated and excited, by the time you get into the middle of the class, you calm down, your heart rate is calmed down. If you come into a yoga class and you're lazy and you have no energy by the middle of your yoga class, then you're going to feel energized and restored. Yoga promotes also a sense of well-being. Well, and while I was doing some research for this episode, I read that a lot of cardiac rehab programs across the country recommend yoga and even offer yoga because in many cases it can lower blood pressure, 
and reduce blood sugar levels. So it's good for all kinds of things for us. Isn't that wonderful that the medical community is recommending yoga now? They were a little timid at first. And as the benefits of yoga have been recognized, I mean, you're touching on a lot of things. I mean, increased function of your immune system, resistance to chronic disease, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all those things that are afflicting our society now. Suzanne, how often do you need to practice yoga in order to reap the benefits? Let's assume that most of us aren't going to do it every day like you do. And I know that's ideal, but how often so that we see the good that comes out of it? I would probably recommend two to three times a week, an hour practice. But, you know, it is individual. And once you start practicing, it's something that once you realize the benefits, you want to do more and more. I had a back issue earlier this year. Went to see a doctor and he assigned me to a physical therapist who I just loved. All of the exercises that she gave me to do, and these are exercises that I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life to manage this situation, which I'm happy to do. They're all yoga poses. And she talked to me about the benefits of doing this stretching. And it's amazing how much better I feel. I won't say my back problems have gone away, but yoga really does help. It's transformative. I have to tell you that in my 30s, as I told you, I came back to yoga and never left. Uh, I hurt my back. And I just knew that if I could just stretch and strengthen the muscles surrounding my spine, that I could get better. And I did. Yoga did that for me. Suzanne, do you do any other types of exercise besides yoga? Well, I've always been active. I was a basketball player in high school and college. But now that I've gotten older, every morning I start my day with a walk in nature, whether it's just around my neighborhood or going to the park and getting a good walk in. I go hiking very frequently. There's so many places in Tennessee that are within a you know, an hour's drive of Nashville that you can go and hike and then be back home the same day. And gardening is another activity that really gets me going. I have a huge herb garden and I can go out into my herb garden and dig in the dirt and be there four or five hours and not even realize how much time has gone by. Do you lift weights at all? I do lift weights and that's another essential thing for us especially women, as we get older, to promote bone density and strength. So, yes, I do lift weight regularly. Well, I've gone to a lot of different yoga classes during my adult years. And what I noticed about your classes, and one of the reasons I was such a fan, is that you have such a, an aura about you. You are peaceful and contented, and you have beautiful posture. And and that is what yoga can do for someone, then sign me up. And so you are motivating me to get back into it. What do you stress to students in your yoga class? First of all, I stress acknowledging your limitations as well as your strengths. Honor your body always. Some days we get up and we have a crick in our neck or a sore shoulder. 
when you get on your mat to practice, you should always realize maybe that's my limitation today or maybe that's what I need to work on today to get the healing energy moving in my body. Use yoga as a way to heal. So if you have a a sore shoulder, don't do poses that are going to put a lot of pressure on your shoulder. And then also, don't be afraid to use props. Don't be competitive because (laughs) all that matters is right the four corners, the four sides of your mat. It doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing. Just modify your poses. For instance, forward bends. If you're wanting to bend forward and your hands don't touch the ground, grab a couple of blocks and give your hands the support. And then once your hamstrings open enough so that you can bend a little further, you can get rid of the props, you can get rid of the blocks and place your hands on the floor. And that may take a year of practice to get there, but be patient and kind to yourself. Let's talk about the breathing. I have a tendency, and I bet other people do too, to hold my breath when I'm in these classes. And I know breathing is important in yoga, but why is that? So in yoga practice, we teach taking long, soft, slow, deep inhalations, and then follow that with a soft, slow, deep, complete exhalation in and out through the nose. And we focus our awareness on that breath. This will increase lung capacity all the way down into your belly and give you that vital energy. When you walk into a yoga practice, or especially into one of my classes, that's the first thing we do. We sit and center ourselves and focus on the breath. We take a few deep breaths. We make a conscious choice to breathe deeply. And then throughout practice, your inhales and your exhales will move you through the poses. And then if you're holding a pose, your inhale will give you what you need. Your exhale will then help you assist you in moving deeper into the pose. Suzanne, what would you say to the 70-year-old man or woman who thinks that perhaps it's too late to start a yoga practice? You're never too old. Everybody has the ability to come to their mat and practice yoga. Even if you sit there or lay there, even if you can't sit in a cross-legged position, that's okay. You can Just breathe and then move as you can and it comes. Flexibility comes. You're never too old. Well, let's talk about beginning a yoga practice. I'm sure there are people that would rather do it at home or online because they don't have access to a gym or a yoga studio So do you have some suggestions for how they should get started and what type of class would be best to look for? Sure. First of all, joining the YMCA is a wonderful tool for us because, again, you have the community and the support. You have a teacher there to help you and guide you, especially if you're a beginner. But the Internet is full of choices. My choice would be if you are somewhat of a beginner and you want to practice at home, just go to YouTube and Rodney Yee, and that's Y-E-E, is a great teacher and he has an AM and a PM practice for beginners. Each of those practices is like a 30-minute practice, but it's very gentle. 
he's very good at explaining the poses and they film him in Hawaii. And so it's a lovely experience. I would start there. And then if you want to make a deeper dive into yoga, if you want to buy a book, Deepak Chopra's new book, Living in the Light, he knits together poses with philosophy of yoga and it gives you illustrations and very good explanation of how to do the poses and then teaches you how that is benefiting you. When Dr. Maureen Seitz was here in episode seven, she talked about bone density and talked about her yoga practice. And she recommended Yoga with Adrian, another YouTube online form. And I know that one is free of charge. Have you checked that one out at all? I have not, but that sounds wonderful. And Rodney Hughes is free of charge as well. The YouTube videos are, they're abundant. <laughs> well, I think it's overwhelming. So this gives listeners a few places to start. And I'll be sure and put all of this information in the show notes. Wonderful. Tell me about the final pose in yoga, where you lay on your back and you're there for about three minutes and you do nothing. Yoga was developed 1,500 years ago in the Tibetan mountains. And the yoga practitioners there were using the physical asanas or the physical poses to prepare the mind for meditation. So when you've moved and you've had an hour of movement and then you lay down on your mat and just let everything go, it's a way of receiving the benefits of your yoga practice that you've just completed and absorbing all that you have done in a self-healing way and also just centering your mind. So it is a form of meditation, I guess you would say, but it's a way for you to absorb what you've just done in a quiet, calm manner. I often snicker because I see some people in yoga classes sneak out at that point. And I'm guessing that's one of the more important parts of the whole class. It's considered the most important pose of all. And it's very hard for some people to be still. And I understand that when people do get up and leave, it's okay. Just you know, quietly leave the room and allow others to enjoy the quiet and the ability to focus inward. We rarely do that. We're just bombarded with so much. Now, we all have our smartphones in our faces a lot of the day. And this way, you're quieting your mind and allowing self-healing to happen. Suzanne, I can't imagine you not calm and not relaxed, but how do you handle worries and concerns? Do you get your yoga mat out and do a few poses or do you have something else that you do to help with worries? One of the things, a gift that yoga has given me is the ability to be in the moment. We're so concerned about what happened yesterday, what we said that might have been wrong. We're so concerned about what might happen tomorrow, 
we're concerned about our grocery list and all the things that we need to do today. So for me, being in the moment is extremely beneficial because you just let all that other stuff go. And when I do start to worry about things, what I really ideally try to do is just pause, take a few deep breaths, smile, and then just consciously make a choice to listen to my intuition and make choices based on what I know will make me happy and keep me free from fear and doubt. I love that. Suzanne, I always ask my guests at the end of every episode what one new thing they've done or discovered lately. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to share with us. Well, my new discovery is something that is very interesting to me, and that is the blue zones. And if you're not familiar with what the blue zones are, they're areas of the world where people live their longest lives, consistently reaching 100. You know, in contrast, in the U.S., 77 is our life expectancy. And it's not just about living longer. It's about living healthier lives. People had gone to study these areas. There are five areas, Sardinia, Italy, Okinawa, Japan, Loma Linda, California, Acaria, Greece, and Nicoya, Costa Rica. And these are small communities that they're checking to see what are these people doing that is not only increasing their lifespan, but their health and well-being. And if you want to know some of the things that they do, they their movement daily. It's a natural part of their day. Having a sense of purpose, prioritizing stress relief, eating only until you're 80% full, eating a largely plant-based diet, drinking alcohol in moderation, connecting with community, putting family first, and then choosing social circles that support healthy behavior. That all sounds so simple. I've been a fan and follower of the Blue Zones for a long time. You can go, and again, I'll put this in my show notes too, you can go online to their website or they have a short documentary series out now. And have you seen that, Suzanne? I have. I have on Netflix. I would recommend that to everyone. I think there are four or five episodes in there, 30 minutes a piece, but it's just fascinating to see how these people live and how at age 103, they can hop up out of their chair and dance and they don't have nearly the rates of Alzheimer's or diabetes or heart problems that we do. It's very, very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, you've motivated me. I'm going to try to (laughs) be in the moment. I'm going to try to be joyful. I'm going to try to practice yoga. And I thank you for all of that and for being here today. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. And that's it for today's show. Thanks so much to Suzanne for joining me. Whether or not you decide to give yoga a try, I wish you all a healthy, happy, joyful new year. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, I hope you'll listen to other episodes, spread the word about this show, and consider leaving a rating or review. A huge thank you to Brian at Top Tier Audio for his advice and guidance. And thanks to you for tuning in. And remember, I'd love to hear from you if you discover a fun new thing. My email is pam at whoimettoday.com.